Hello, everyone. Welcome to God and Other Delicacies. I'm Nicholas D'Agosto. Thank you all for being here. I hope this show is finding you healthy, safe, and sane wherever you are in the world. I want to start today's episode by simply saying thank you to all of you who've listened, whether you've been with me for every episode, just one, or somewhere in between. I truly can't thank you enough. I launched this podcast a year ago this week on New Year's Eve 2019, and although I had a pretty clear concept of what the show was, I was of course entirely unaware of where it would go and what it would bring into my life. I wasn't sure if anyone else would dig the conversations the way I do, or what exactly they'd even get out of it. I've only followed the threads of conversation that interested me, and what interests me above all, as I'm sure you know by now, is that nexus point between belief and emotion. That point where someone says, I don't know what that was, but I felt it, and it felt so much bigger than me. Beliefs from person to person are so intensely wide-ranging, but having an emotional experience with the divine, or God, or spirit, or the universe, or the world, however you define it, that emotional language is universal. I'm very much drawn to the universal, to community and harmony. If you're a listener, then you know that part of that manifests in an insecurity where I just want everyone around me to be happy. I realize, having gotten a little older now, that I can't control that in people or even in myself all the time. That's not my place, and it's not in my power, despite how often I continue to mistakenly attempt it. Also, there are lots of times where the right and proper reaction to something is to be, at the very least, unhappy about it. But there are other times where I'm saddened by how certain ideas seem to create such dissonance and disturbance between people and communities where it just doesn't feel necessary that it has to happen that way. Those moments where it just doesn't seem like we're hearing each other at all. And so this podcast is a way of challenging myself to take on conversations that feel uncomfortable or at the very least different so that I can learn from them and hold them in a space where it's safe for all of them to exist comfortably. That concept of providing space is very important to me. It was articulated to me for the first time by the author Italo Calvino in his book Invisible Cities in the closing passage of that book. And it's not like he defined it in extraordinary detail. It's a feeling more than a concept, really, but it's always stuck with me. And I'm going to read that passage for you shortly. In that same spirit, I need to remember to give myself some space, too. So this message to you is my goodbye for now. I hope you'll be here when I return. I'm not sure exactly when that will be, but my guess is in a month or two. I'm still figuring out the rhythm of this show and how it will live in my life routine. And if this show really means something to you, I appreciate you bearing with me as I figure all this stuff out. I should mention that in addition to the holidays coming in to pleasantly disrupt my routine and thus the rhythm of this show, I booked a small gig that will shoot in Vancouver over the new year. I'm grateful for the work and I'm particularly grateful for the 14-day COVID quarantine hotel retreat with which production is providing me. I love taking time for private reflection, which I'm sure does not surprise you, and this couldn't be a better time of year for it. So thank you again, dear listeners. I'm sending my love to you and yours throughout these holidays and at the close of this year, which we'll never forget. I appreciate you being here, and I always look forward to hearing from you whenever you feel inspired to share those thoughts. All right, back in a minute with a couple of things from my spiritual center.
All right, everybody, welcome back. I have two short things I want to read for you. The first is the one I already mentioned, an excerpt from Italo Calvino's Invisible Cities, a book I really love. I think the best way to sort of set the scene here is just to read from the back cover of this book. So here we go. In a garden sit the aged Kublai Khan and the young Marco Polo, Tartar emperor and Venetian traveler. Kublai Khan has sensed the end of his empire coming soon. Marco Polo diverts the emperor with tales of the cities he has seen in his travels around the empire. Cities and memory. Cities and desire. Cities and designs. Cities and the dead. Cities in the sky. Trading cities. Hidden cities. Soon it becomes clear that each of these fantastic places is really the same place. And I'm actually going to read you the quote underneath that paragraph which is attributed to Gore Vidal from the New York Review of Books that he must have written in his review of this one, which says, Of all tasks, describing the contents of a book is the most difficult, and in the case of a marvelous invention like Invisible Cities, perfectly irrelevant. So, the book is broken up into a number of small chapters, these sort of fantastical descriptions of cities that are kind of intimated on the back of the cover. But there are also these interstitials throughout the book where you have moments of discussion between Kublai Khan and Marco Polo. And I'm going to read the very last excerpt from the book, which is the final discussion between Marco Polo and Kublai Khan. The Great Khan's Atlas contains also the maps of the promised lands, visited in thought but not yet discovered or founded. New Atlantis, Utopia, the City of the Sun, Oceana, Tamaway, New Harmony, New Lanark, Icaria. Kublai asked Marco, You, who go about exploring and who see signs, can tell me toward which of these futures the favoring winds are driving us. For these ports, I could not draw a route on the map or set a date for the landing. At times... All I need is a brief glimpse, an opening in the midst of an incongruous landscape, a glint of lights in the fog, the dialogue of two passers-by meeting in the crowd, and I think that setting out from there, I will put together, piece by piece, the perfect city made of fragments mixed with the rest, of instants separated by intervals, of signals one sends out, not knowing who receives them. If I tell you that the city toward which my journey tends is discontinuous in space and time, now scattered, now more condensed, you must not believe the search for it can stop. Perhaps while we speak, it is rising, scattered, within the confines of your empire. You can hunt for it, but only in the way I have said. Already the great Khan was leafing through his atlas over the maps of the cities that menace in nightmares and maledictions. Enoch, Babylon, Yahuland, Butua, brave new world. He said, It is all useless. If the last landing place can only be the infernal city, and it is there that in ever-narrowing circles, the current is drawing us. And Polo said, The inferno of the living is not something that will be. If there is one, 
It is what is already here. The inferno where we live every day that we form by being together. There are two ways to escape suffering it. The first is easy for many. Accept the inferno. Become such a part of it that you can no longer see it. The second is risky and demands constant vigilance and apprehension. Seek and learn to recognize who and what in the midst of the inferno are not inferno. Then make them endure. Give them space. The last piece I'm going to read for you is actually two small excerpts from the Tao Te Ching of Lao Tzu, which is a book I discovered in college, of which there are many translations. The one I love above and beyond all the rest that I've ever read is one by Brian Brown Walker. I think it's just exceptional. So I've kept this book near me for a long time, and I don't think I've ever mentioned this, but I read an excerpt from the Tao Te Ching before every interview that I do for the show. There are 81 poems, essentially, in the Tao Te Ching. And so I'm going to read you the first and the fourth. So here is the first entry of the Tao Te Ching as translated by Brian Brown Walker. Tao is beyond words and beyond understanding. Words may be used to speak of it, but they cannot contain it. Tao existed before words and names, before heaven and earth, before the 10,000 things. It is the unlimited father and mother of all limited things. Therefore, to see beyond boundaries to the subtle heart of things, dispense with names, with concepts, with expectations and ambitions and differences. Tao and its many manifestations arise from the same source, subtle wonder within mysterious darkness. This is the beginning of all understanding. And the second excerpt I'm going to read is another one I've, I've always particularly loved. I find it to be a, a defining aspect in the book of the way they speak of Tao. And by they, I should say, Lao Tzu is either a person or many people. We really don't know. Tao is a whirling emptiness, yet when used, it cannot be exhausted. Out of this mysterious well flows everything in existence. Blunting sharp edges, untangling knots, softening the glare, settling the dust, it evolves us all and makes the whole world one. Something is there, hidden in the deep. But I do not know whose child it is. It came even before God. <laughs> 